keeping you above the fray of the everyday. Uncle Fernando, Bay FM 99.9. Listen to Uncle Fernando and Bay FM 99.9. Great to have your company this morning and where I'm now joined in the studio by Fran Hart, who's the new number two candidate of the Mark Swivel team. Great to meet you in person, Fran. Thanks so much, Fern. Thanks for having me here. Look, you replaced Meredith Ray, who pulled out of the race recently. Tell us a bit about yourself. I did. I'm a latecomer to the race, but I'm an enthusiastic participant, that's for sure. I live in Federal and I've lived uh, in the Shire for 15 years. I'm a mother of three teenage daughters. Um, my eldest is actually doing her HSC this year, so that's been very interesting. My husband and I are small business owners in the Shire. We have a manufacturing business in Byron Industrial Estate. It's actually a business that's been around for 30 years um, in Byron. Um, we've owned it for the last six years and we it's, it's quite unique. We supply an Australian-wide market. So, yeah, we're, you know, in Byron but, but um, supplying to the whole of Australia. And why do you want to stand for council? Well, Mark actually asked me um, a while ago and I politely declined quite <laughs> emphatically saying are you mad but he doesn't take he's, for an he's a very persuasive man <laughs> um, he's he's a very good friend of mine I've known him for quite a long time and what actually shifted for me this year is really acknowledging the suffering in our community so I've had some really um, Oh, confronting and um, thought-provoking and challenging conversations this year with our community. Um, whilst in lockdown, you know, with my three kids and working, I've really, um, I've also really had the time to look deeply at what's happening in our community. And I, I just actually, um, and coming from a place of deep love for our community, just felt fear. Um, for where we are and how fragile we feel and how divided we feel. And so when Mark did ask me, um, probably about six weeks ago, I actually very quickly um, said yes because, because I saw an opportunity with my skills and my um, passion and I suppose my perspective on life and my values to actually make a difference mm. um, in that field and to bring about some healing for our community and to provide leadership. Well, what do you mean about that suffering? Is that just about the COVID era? Um, no, I, I, I mean, I think that that I think that we're seeing it more uh, more starkly now as a you know because of COVID. But I think it's really a manifestation of what actually has been happening in our community for quite a while. And I, and that and that's why I see that council really does have a role to play in just shoring up our community and make sure making sure that we've got a bright future. So, what particular things are you talking about? Um, well, I, uh, sorry, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so you say there's suffering, there's yeah. a need in our yeah. community, but what 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 things in particular are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think broadly. 
our, you know, the people that really make up the essence and soul of our community are feeling disenfranchised, um, pushed out, left out of the conversation, um, that they don't have a place here anymore. Um, you know, we, we know about homelessness and the terrible housing statistics, but it's also youth. It's anyone that's renting. It's our age, disabled. Um, it's all those that may be vulnerable, um, I think, are really suffering. But I also do think that it's, you know, it's our, our turn, alternates, creatives, our hippies, um, you know, deep thinkers, um, the people that have really made Byron what they are, are feeling um, that they don't have a place here anymore necessarily. So what do you want to do to help all that? Yeah, so I, I, uh, I come from a community development background. So I am a small business owner now, but, um, you know, my career has actually been in community development. And I see that there's great scope for that in dealing with this issue. So I, you know, I had to get up to speed really quickly with um, what was happening at a council level when I said yes. And I really clarified my thoughts around three issues. And I think that's the first thing is that's really important is actually around creating a united Byron identity for ourselves. And I think that's where community development can be really effective. Well, that's a biggie when we're all we're so diverse. It is, but um, interestingly, I'm participating in the federal master plan at the moment, and that's an incredible showcase of community-led planning. And I think with really constructive um, community consultation that doesn't leave anyone out and really actively listens, then I do feel, and obviously there's, you know, so many facets to that and, and um, you know, ways that you can do that. But I do, I've seen that happen with the federal master plan. And if everyone feels engaged and that they have a voice, then um, I think that you can actually become unified um, in a sense. So we may all be different but we can agree about fundamentally who we are and um, what we're about. And I think if we can do that as a shire um, with the right leadership in place and, you know, a collaborative team, then it's much easier to go to stakeholders, whether that be, whether that is council or state government, federal government, ourselves, newcomers, tourists, um, our tourism operators, developers, and say, look, this is who we are and this is what we expect and this is how we'd like it provided. Mm. So, yeah. We do want to hear more about the federal master plan. I have invited somebody from the committee some time right. ago, but they weren't weren't quite ready. Yeah. And we will do that in the coming weeks. Yeah. Can you just uh, a snapshot of it? Give us a yeah. summary because it's the first time that it's been handed over to a community, right? Yes, that's right. And um, I'm, a, I'm a participant, but I'm, um, I'm, I know a lot of the steering committee members and I'm very involved in the community, so I do got a good understanding of how it's run. Just very briefly, yeah. what's it all about yeah, for our audience? So basically, um, the first stages were community consultation. So um, the steering committee ran a survey, listening posts in federal, and then after that there's been a series of really incredible... Um, meetings at the hall, community consultation meetings, um, which is about people dreaming 
about our future and that's been very, very powerful, I think, for people. Um, and that has led the steering committee to inform further community consultations. I think there's three rounds of them, so it's quite involved. But what has been heartening is that there are two great council project officers on board, um, young, dynamic people who are buying into the process and really supporting our community. So, um, you know, seeing that relationship work has been lovely. Um, but I think, I think what I'm getting at, I mean, what's so powerful is that if everyone feels like they've had their say and been listened to, regardless of the outcome, they can see how those decisions have been made. And, um, you know, it's with consultation and actually hearing everyone. And what's the end result? So the end result with, with federal um, will be a master plan for into the future for how the community wants it to look and develop. And um, it's really around livability. So how do we how do we maintain federal as a livable village? Mm, we will find out, as I said, yeah. more about that in the coming weeks. Yeah. What other things are close to your heart that you want to do if you yeah. get on council? Yeah. So um, I I really see, really see the world through a social justice perspective. So I'd really like to. Um, see a council that um, is focused on inclusion and livability. Um, and, you know, obviously housing is a huge issue, but I do think that it's part of a bigger picture. Um, so, you know, integrated conversations um, across all sections of inclusion and livability um, for our community, I think, are important. And what are some of the concrete policies that you and the team... Uh, want to implement if you get on council, you and Mark? Yeah, so obviously housing is a big one and we fully fully support um, community lands trusts and really really anything that can, um, you know, look at disconnecting parcels of land um, from the inflated housing market. Um, so I think if we can do that, and that's obviously, you know, about... Um, identifying parcels of land, but then also looking at funding um, models for, mm. you know, for how we move with that. And Mark, of course, is working on trying to get some more money uh, from the state government, yep. from the stamp duties that uh, they're raking in from our region. Yeah. So there'll be more concrete um, stuff on that coming out. Yes, there will. But I think that that also is a reflection of um, of our approach um, that we want to have, which is really meaningful um, and constructive conversations with state government. Just just actually getting what we deserve for our shire from state government. Um, and part of that, I think, is about, you know, knowing who we are and being able to take that to state government. Mm. Yeah. So a better deal for, from state Absolutely. government. Yeah. Look, Fran, you said uh, earlier you're a small business owner. Mm. Um, businesses are very excited about uh, the reopening to the world today. You're in manufacturing, it's slightly different. Mm. How has this uh, period, this whole period, affected you and your business? Well, we, yeah, we, we probably are in quite a unique situation being manufacturing. Um, but we, we certainly have had other challenges being based in the Shire that we face 
right now. So I just want to preface this by saying I feel extremely lucky that we own our home in federal, so I don't have housing insecurity. Mm. But what we do have right now with our business that I said has been have, that I did say has been in the Shire for thirty years is that we um, we've been priced out of the market. So um, the the commercial property that we lease um, and that the business has been housed in for I think about 15 years our rent has just gone up 40 percent um, and um, the the premise has just been sold at an exorbitant price. Mm, so that is really hurting local businesses? Yes it is. The skyrocketing it's, prices? Yep, yep it's a common conversation um, and the the other side of that which I have found really interesting is that and enlightening um, is is that you know being in this position we then went out and looked for other tenancies or it, or we were even prepared to buy somewhere so we weren't in this situation again um, and whether that be an existing factory or um, build a factory and there really is nothing in the Shire, like absolutely nothing. If you go to real estates, they almost laugh at you mm. um, and just say, look, the list is so long, you, you really have really limited chance. So you effectively have to go out. You have to go out, yeah. So we, we actually have been in conversations with council, uh, their business enterprise officer, um, who put, put us in touch with town planners and just to see actually what's, what's available. There's nothing, mm. which, you know, makes me ask the question about planning and um, actually what foresight there has been mm. for the situation that we find ourselves in. And that's obviously not just about commercial. Yeah, so it's what's happened in the past leading to now. Mm. In terms of uh, massive staff shortages as mm. we open now, uh, that is obviously a concern for all the businesses you speak to. Any ideas there how we can sort that out beyond uh, backpackers coming back yeah it's going to be very hard because the cost of living and rents for yeah. low-paid workers in particular yeah. is going to prevent a lot of them from coming and taking up these jobs yes and that is actually something that we have faced um, so we're always conscious um, when we're advertising for new positions about where our staff are going to live and how they're going to afford to do that um, and the way that we have dealt with it in the past is to is to actually pay above ward wages and have conversations with staff mm. about their living circumstances. Do you think businesses locally have to pay more if they want to attract and keep well, that's, staff? Well, that's actually not always feasible, though, is it? It depends on your business model and your business mm. um, and what situation you're in. So, you know, that... that that's not a really sustainable approach. Well, it's going to be hard to get workers. It is going to be hard to get workers, and um, interestingly, because I've got two, I've got two daughters who can work in the hospitality industry over sixteen, and we've been approached directly by um, by friends that work in large hospitality organisations in Byron. Spread the word with your friends. Mm. We're going out to local kids. You know, we can't get any staff. So, yeah, it's a real issue. Huge. It's definitely a real issue. Look, we've only got a few minutes to, to go, Fran. Yes. Can I ask you about paid parking? Yes. It's becoming an issue again. Mark Swivel, when he was on this program 
uh, the first time he said he wants to see consistent policy across the Shire, yes. not just have it in Byron Bay. Michael Lyon has since um, last week released a, a new policy on this front, wanting to extend it to the other villages, Bruns, Bangalow and Mullum, uh, but uh, with the sweetener to take the $55 charge for locals and increase uh, the charge for visitors. Your position on extending paid parking? Look, I think this has been a circular conversation that's taken up a lot of energy um, and it's something that we probably need to move on from and be pragmatic about. Um, we so need... should we do it or not? Yeah, well, I, look, I think that we need to obviously listen to the concerns of residents, but we also need to be pragmatic about how we um, revenue raise in our community and where we get funds from. Um, so, yeah, potentially, as far as Michael Lyons' comments about sweeteners for locals... Well, I mean, I'd want to look at the economics of um, how much we actually raise from um, from locals' parking permits, the $55 a year, but definitely there should be exemptions. Um, well, they're investigating that. So you think we necessarily shouldn't get rid of that $55 a year look, charge I, for locals? Look, I, you know, there's conversations about, um, you know, road users contributing mm. and that's one way that we can do that it's also another way that we can raise revenues but I'd, I'd like to see the economics of how much money we actually do raise um, and then you can make decisions yeah well that will be um, uncovered I for one and I know lots of people think that the 55 charge for a whole year is really really cheap and I'd be happy to continue to pay it yeah. to help out but that may not be the case for everyone and therefore That's there right. should be exemptions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And for the broader region, for visitors from Lismore and the Tweed and so forth. Yeah. Well, you know, that's another thing that we can look at. But I think I think whatever way we can, we actually need visitors to contribute um, more. More. Mm. So, you know, we need to look at all options on the table. Okay, Fran, do you think you've got a chance? Um, looking at the numbers... Uh, people have said that you will get in as number two. You will get in if Mark Gets wins the mayoral mayor. race. Yeah. Is that the only way you think you can get on council? Look, I'm an optimist. Um, Realistically? I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. So, you know, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to hope so. Um, sure, it's a long shot, but um, we're running a really fabulous campaign. We're actually an incredible team. Um, we've got wonderful skills. We're community people through and through. We're all here um, purely um, of service to the community. That's what we're driven by. Briefly, briefly tell us the other people. We've had Venetia on the program yep. and Mark, there are two others. Yep, Jess and Xavier. Jess is um, a, a wonderful human being who actually brings a really incredible um, knowledge of governance um, and um, funding. So she's, she's a real asset. She's great. If you could get her on sometime, that would be good. And Xavier is wonderful because he, he's, he's young and he represents youth. And so it's great to hear from him actually. Well, there are lots of candidates. There Not are. sure we'll be able to hear from them all. We're fast running out of time. The election is um, under five weeks' time. It's on the 4th of December. Mm. Uh, Fran, why should people vote for you and Mark Swivel's team? I, I think that we have an excellent team. Um, Mark is, 
you know, to know him is to love him. He's he's one hundred percent a community person. He spent already spends a majority of his time helping the community, uh, serving the community. But on top of that, he's he's incredibly um, competent and professional, um, but compassionate. So yeah, I think he's he's definitely got the the skills to steer us and with the rest of the skills on the team and the competence that we have yeah i i, I think i think would be great um and it and for us it's really about community people um community people representing community we wish you all the very best fran hart thank you thank for you. joining us thank you very much fern and uh, yes, good luck indeed. And to all the candidates who come in each week to our Bay FM studios. 